Hey, Amy. Hey, Lisa. Welcome, everybody, back to the Garden State Mamas podcast. We're back on the second part of teaching safety to our daughters and even sons. I mean, it doesn't even have to be just one or the other. It's definitely a uh, doesn't matter what gender it is. We got to keep our kids safe. So part two uh, with Amy. And before we get to talking about safety tips and what Amy's doing and how she's planning to teach her daughters in the future how to be safe. Um, it's been a little while. Like Amy and I usually do this, you know, weekly. We had a, got a little chaotic there as mom's lives do. So I just wanted to, to catch up. Amy, like what's been going on? How, how have you been? Well, um, I'm going to be as honest as I can without being too much. I feel like I've been a little bit much. <laughs> um, my kids had that stomach bug. I think when we were trying to record the first time, we all got it, but it was a trickle effect. And my moods have been like a roller coaster. So I'm trying to figure that out right now. I had my first hot flash or night sweat. I don't know what it was, but it was weird. And I'm trying to figure out if that's hormonal or thyroid. Okay. But whatever it is, I think it's definitely contributing to my mood imbalance. <laughs> uh, so I will say, I know you're not on social media, but I have found in threads a whole bunch of like doctors who talk about menopause and perimenopause and the change of life as we get older and the things to look for um, that aren't always explained to us. Um, and they've been really kind of helpful because I always want to know what's coming in the future. And that menopause always seems like something that's not talked about. I know you're still pretty young, so it's probably not what it is. But I, I have definitely found that they are... There's, there are doctors out there who are putting a lot more information out on threads than I had ever seen before. Yeah, I'll be interested to find out because that was my reaction too. I was like, I thought, well, maybe I'm not too young, but the doctor, the two doctors that I talked to about it, they were like, you're too young for this. We're just going to run a blood panel and see what comes back. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, at least you went to the doctors. <laughs> I'm trying to be proactive, you know. <laughs> I just, I don't have time for this. I want it to be resolved. Right. I think that's the hardest part, too, is like when it's, it, when nothing can be done right away and it's just like, oh, we're going to get blood work. And then it's like, okay, well, do you call me? Do I call you? If you're going to rely, rely on me calling you, then you might as well forget about it because it's not going to happen. Even if I get the results in my email, I'm going to go look up what is off and then I'll never speak to you. So, like, I'm going to need the doctor to call me. <laughs> That's pretty much um, what I do. I, I will yeah. hover over the results and, and then quickly Google them and realize, okay, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> the like, end. Oh, I'm dehydrated. Yep. Probably. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> and if the doctor doesn't call me, then I'm like, well, everything must have been fine because they would have called me if there was something wrong, right? Absolutely. Because they're all so responsible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. So I, I, I can't. Yeah. 
I can't complain though. I've had pretty good doctors over the years and they've all been pretty responsive. That's good. No, I don't like my primary doctor, which is why I will always talk bad about him because I don't like him. Um, I just need to change. I mean, there's no reason for me to go to that office anyway. It's all, all the way out in Mullica Hill. Like, I don't know. Especially I've never if you don't lived, like them. Right. And I've never lived close to Mullica Hill. I have no idea how I ended up at this doctor and continue to go all the way to Mullica Hill for it. But, um, you yeah, know how I, I found my doctor? How? Yeah. I was so desperate for a good doctor and I didn't have a primary. So I went on the next door app and started trolling and trying to find out who everyone was talking about. And I narrowed it down to three doctors based on those basically reviews, but recommendations yeah. to other people. Because I'm too much idea. of a wimp to actually ask the question, but I just mm -hmm. looked through other people's responses to primary suggestions yeah, I was looking for a new pediatrician recently and uh, just kind of like listening to other moms at like the school events and things like that. And then it just kind of coming up and then you're like, oh, well, who do you use? And, you know, and I had gotten one recommendation and I looked up and the like younger doctor of the practice is like all over Facebook constantly questioning the CDC. And I'm like, I'm not sure I want to pediatrician who's constantly questioning what the cdc is doing like it's starting to cross a line that i'm not comfortable with yeah you're like let's keep politics out of this for now and right. just be focused on work yeah so i quickly crossed that one off the list and then uh found another one and then one of the other moms on the pta actually uses that same office and she she really loves it so I was like, okay, uh, I'm, uh, and, and then when I mentioned the pediatrician that we were going to, everybody was like, oh yeah, I've heard. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. That's terrible. It's like, well, you heard, man, I wish I had known this, that the people have heard so much about this person. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more like the office is just, it's stuck back. It, it's, they haven't caught up with the times. They don't. They don't use the technology that is available, that kind of stuff. So I think it's yeah. more, it's like, they're just a little bit more behind yeah. than it is anything about like the doctors. So, but um, speaking of doctors, I had my first non-stress test today. Sweet. Now, can you explain to me what that is exactly? Because I, I just don't know. Do you remember the monitors they put on you when you go into labor? The one that listens to the baby's heartbeat and yes. the other one that's tracking your contractions? Yes. It's those. They put those monitors on you. You sit in a recliner for 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. And they measure the baby's heart rate and they measure to see if your uterus is contracting or if you're having Braxton Hicks or anything like that. And they want to see the baby's heart rate like increase a couple times throughout that time so they'll give you like cold water to drink to kind of like get the baby to just I didn't even need it because the baby didn't like the monitors and she kept moving to try and get away from them really so, yeah Danny was the same way like if you put anything on my stomach he was out he wanted nothing to do with anything touching him um, and the baby's doing the same thing as soon as monitors got put on she rolled herself all the way to the other side of me <laughs> was like nope i'm out 
<laughs> get that away. Yeah, so um, everything was fine. She's looking good. And it, it's it's really funny because when we found out she had the two-vessel umbilical cord, all the doctors were like, oh, we're just worried about low birth weight. We're, low, we're worried about the uh, where the umbilical cord is connected to the placenta. It's off to the side. She might not get enough nutrients, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> now it's, she's measuring big. I'm like, yeah, like I make big babies. Like I'm, I'm not surprised. You know, I was actually kind of hoping for like a six pounder, like would have been nice, but she's already. And I know that the measurements, especially for weight are way off when it comes to the ultrasounds and stuff, but she's measuring at over five pounds already. I have six weeks left at half a pound a week. That would put her at eight pounds. Oh my gosh. She's going to come out. We're in three month onesies. Yeah. I mean, Danny was eight. She's going to skip right through those newborns. Yeah. I told, especially with Danny, I told most people like, do don't buy me newborn stuff. Like big babies are such a part of my family that I will be lucky if I have a baby that's even in newborn anything. <laughs> and no, because not only was Danny eight thirteen, but he was 10 pounds by his first pediatrician appointment that is so big so he was you know he was 17 pounds at like four months old and it's so hard to believe because he was such a little guy like a little toddler Mm -hmm. i mean he isn't little anymore i think he's pretty normal but yeah he's he's more like a string bean now he's he's tall but he's still super skinny how is the house Mike and I have reached a point where we're not going to do anything else. Okay. Um, we need to do more things, but we're, we need to take a break because the two of us are just really burnt out. He painted yeah. our bathroom. He filled in, he like repositioned the, where the medicine cabinet is going to be installed. Mm-hmm. Fixed the drywall because there was a hole in the wall and then... I think once we paint and hang the cabinet, we're going to be just putting everything on hold until at least a month or two months from now. Okay. Yeah. But you've been going eight weeks, nine weeks. Eight weeks weeks straight with huge projects. Yeah. And both kind of DIY and having professionals come in. So that's... Oh, yeah. We've all been side by side. Just if we had an electrician here, we'd be painting or sanding it's a lot yeah no eight weeks straight of that is is definitely a a big task for anybody to stay on for so long yeah i think at this point we're gonna take it take the back burner slow it down and and really just get organized and clean so that both of us can get our heads back on straight (laughs) yeah you know that um that feeling of everything being messy and really kind of like we've been dealing with that because we've been painting the rooms and things, so we've been putting things out in the hallway. So every time we came upstairs and looked at the hallway, it was just a disaster. And we don't spend much time upstairs because that's it's just the bedrooms up there. So like really, the only time we're up there is when it's time to go to bed, it's time to relax, it's time to like chill out for the night. And yeah. you walk up there and be like, <laughs> look that's at all this stuff. Not relaxing. Right. So I can totally feel that when, like, 
other parts of the house are still kind of in shambles that, you know, just to get it where everything doesn't irritate you, even for a little bit, will be nice. Yeah. Yeah, just not walking into stuff. Yeah. Or worrying about sharp tools. You know, kids run through the house and you're just constantly looking to see if what they're going to hurt themselves on. <laughs> uh, uh, so we, what does the baby nursery look like? So we did paint the walls. We used a color. It's um, a minty. Well, not even mint. Uh, it looks almost like the green from mint chocolate chip ice cream. Ooh. Uh, it, it was called Garden or Jardin. Uh, Jardin. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that is really all we've gotten done. We repainted like the windowsills and and the trim white because that's what color it was, but just gave it like a fresh coat. Yeah. And then did the walls green. We have the crib set up, the bassinet set up, the changing table set up. And then we just kind of piled everything that was in the hallway into that room because it's like just think like I got to clear out the closet because although I can only clear out so much because it has the air conditioner in there we're going to need the air conditioner at some point but that's where it's probably going to stay I don't think we're going to we could move it into Danny's room closet because that's a bigger closet yeah but I'm still trying to get rid of stuff from the business so until I can really actually clear that closet out it's the air conditioner is probably going to stay where it's at but I had gotten a deal on like the next size up car seat a okay. few months ago, like at Black Friday. Um, so like we're not going to be touching that for another, you know, five or six months. So I need to get that into the closet. I need to get certain things. But I'm at the point now where I'm out of breath a lot. I even get out of breath just like talking. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like always out of breath. So a lot of times I'll do you know, two things. And then I just have to sit there for a few minutes. And we've like last week, we were really busy with, um, we did um, the PTA had designer bag bingo uh, on Saturday. So like during the week I was busy at the school helping get baskets together and that kind of stuff. So that event happened on Saturday. And then the beginning part of this week is like doctor's appointments. And for me, for Danny, dentist appointment like lots of appointments at the beginning of the week but I left Thursday and Friday like completely open so um you said that you had date night yesterday I think I might try and get Ariel to do like lunch date on Friday or something because we haven't you we need haven't that anything yeah and that way when the baby's born you'd be like oh remember that date we had <laughs> yeah and he also said recently um he wants to go get pictures done like now before the baby gets here so we have an like an updated picture of just the three of us that would be so sweet that was so sweet of him to think about that i'm really impressed i love doing that and he hates pictures so the fact that he was like we should go and get that done before the baby gets here so we have an updated of just the three of us and i was like oh that that was really really thoughtful so i'm probably gonna look into that because i know like picture people's not around anymore because all the baby stores have closed around us yeah is jc penny still around yeah i think there's one still in the defert mall my neighbor used to swear by them 
we did it um the reason i like the picture people was that they would print them while you were there so you didn't have to like come back or you didn't have to get them shipped to you like they printed while you were there um jc penny you have to come back and pick them up oh okay and that's always the problem it's like oh another trip to defert (laughs) (laughs) great great that's what i wanted to do when I have to drive to either Cherry Hill or Voorhees multiple times a week now. So I'm just like, uh, but yeah, I think we're, we'll try to squeeze that in soon. Cause got six weeks left. So. I know. And you need to picture the cute little baby bump. Yeah. <laughs> we keep getting like random ones where like, I'm either in the background or something. Yeah. And both Ariel and I were like, we have not done like, with Danny, we did the weekly bump. Pictures. Oh yeah, I did that with Olivia, but not with yeah. Sarah. <laughs> no, I think the first bump picture I took, I was like thirty-two weeks pregnant. It's <laughs> like no. there are pictures of me like earlier on that Ariel had took, where I'm just like sitting on the couch or something, so I wasn't paying attention. So we have some of the like the little bump and all that, but not like when it was with Danny, where I was. In the same spot, take the picture around the same time of day. Oh yeah, thing. I would yeah. stand in front of the in front of the crib and then put the sticker on my belly, do the whole uh, thing. Yeah, I did end up doing a one in the bathroom mirror because I have one from before Danny. When I, it was actually when I got the shingles, and so I tried to like line it up to be the same picture. Because Google will, like, put similar picture shots together. Yes! So I was hoping Google would, like, put those two together so I could see the difference in the bellies. But it hasn't done that yet. But You still look high. Yeah. Your belly looks high. She doesn't look high, people. <laughs> <laughs> Her belly is high. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, she's head down. She's right where she needs to be. Today, they couldn't even get a shot of her face because she had it facing my back and had her hands up. She's always got her hands up in front of her face anyway. So, um, But I have to get ultrasounds after the non-stress test okay. to check the amniotic fluid. So, Did you know amniotic fluid was their pee? I did not know that, but it makes and sense. They swim around and practice swallowing their pee. I learned that today. Hmm. I probably could have gone without knowing that. The more you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. And then when she said, yeah, they're practicing swallowing their pee. I was like, oh. I could have done without that one. Cool fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. But since I have to sit in a chair for 30 minutes, uh, once a week in... Well, next week will be my last once a week, and then I start going twice a week. Um, That's a crazy amount of time to spend at the doctor's office. Did I see you those... right away at least? Uh, yeah, today I was I was pretty in and out. Okay. I feel like. Um, yeah, so far. And then definitely the OB appointments. The OB appointments are like, I'm so glad I drive 25 minutes for my six minute appointment and then I'm back in my car it's it's great Um, but I got for Christmas one of those um, scratch off book things like the hundred books that you should read in your lifetime 
So I got one of those for Christmas. So I decided to go to the library and I got Gulliver's Travels because that was one of the books um, on my scratch off list. So I was like, well, if I'm going to be sitting in a chair for 30 minutes every three days, um, I'm going to go get a book. And so I did do that. And then I started looking at this this sheet a little bit more closely. And like one of them is the Bible. And I was like, well, that's never getting scratched off. So <laughs> I was like, hmm. I don't. I don't know, Lisa, because, so I'm not religious, but I have actually read a significant portion of the Bible as a, I don't know, in an educational way for myself. I mean, because I find it fascinating. I grew up like in the Catholic church until I was a teenager. I I went, so I, I've read bits and pieces of it, but I am not as an adult now going to waste my time on reading that book so whatever I read in all those years of Catholic school and everything else that's about all I'm gonna get through on the Bible (laughs) and that's that (laughs) well that was probably the equivalent of how much I've read (laughs) yeah I mean or um, plenty more probably mm, um yeah, so that's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, there's there's quite a few. I mean, obviously it's 100 books. There are some that I can uh, cross off that I had already read, like Lord of the Rings and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to actually start it. We've been trying to get it to flatten since Christmas okay. because it was rolled up in a tube. So we've been trying to get it to flatten since Christmas, and it's pretty, pretty good now. So I'm looking forward to starting to scratch off some of those. But... Yeah, now that we've talked for 23 minutes without actually talking about the topic. <laughs> this is all valid and important. Absolutely. <laughs> I, a lot of the reason why we started this podcast was to make sure we had time that we spent with our friends talking about life. We're just inviting people in to that, those conversations. And Amy and I haven't had a chance to talk in like three weeks no so we got like a couple up. text messages here and there but yeah life with kids is unpredictable and life in general <laughs> yeah so we're catching up and that's what we do here at the garden state mama's podcast um but yeah let's get to the topic so i talked to val last week her daughter is 11 about to be 12 so we were discussing you know, safety, how she's handling, you know, um, her daughter being on like a longer leash in the world today, what she's doing to combat that patriarchy of we have to be people, we have to be people pleasers, we have to smile, we have to uh, be pleasant, we have to always be polite and all that and it's definitely something that I myself is I'm trying to untrain myself on the being extra I mean you could be polite without having to do anything extra um but I tend to do the like small talk and the smiling and the thanking people and oh excuse me even though they ran into me uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, right. And so Val and I talked a little bit about it. We were on kind of a tight schedule, 
so I wanted to see either what you've already started doing with your daughters or what you plan on doing with your daughters, especially in like the stranger danger because they're still young. So you're not letting them walk through the mall by themselves yet. Um, so what are you doing? One to prepare them to what you're doing right now. So I have three things that I'm doing right now. I really am trying to instill trust your gut because like you said, we are people pleasers and it's ingrained and my people pleasing has put me in several dangerous situations where I look back at those times and most of them were, you know, when I was in my early twenties, you know, or late teens and it puts you into really dangerous situations where you think you're in control and you think that you are doing the right thing by pleasing whoever it is, the stranger, the coworker, the boyfriend, the date. And you put yourself in dangerous situations when you don't listen to your inside self saying something is wrong and I'm not sure what. And it doesn't matter if you can put your finger on what the thing is something's wrong you need to leave the situation and that's what I tell my daughters all the time you don't have to know what's wrong you just trust your insides and get out get away find a trusted adult the next thing I'm doing my daughter actually does go out by herself on the street but we live we live in a different community than we did before I used to live on a busy street with cars up and down. It was a through street for the neighborhood, and I would not let her outside by herself out front. Now our out front is pretty much like a backyard. We live in a pretty secluded cul-de-sac, and I know my neighbors. But at the same time, I don't know my neighbors. Right. I don't no, really truly months, believe. Right? And even yeah. my old place, I truly believe yeah. that you don't know people mm-hmm. until you have, until you can sit with them eye to eye and have a conversation. You can't get that full gut body reaction of who they are and what their intentions are. So these people all seem pretty nice, but I don't know their intentions. Right. And I've told my daughter, adults do not tell children secrets adults do not ask children for help and if they do either one of those things you run back to a trusted adult as soon as you can now my third thing i'm trying to instill and we don't our kids don't have access to internet or tv by themselves but when they go to friends houses i know a lot of children my daughter's ages Pretty much everyone we know, their kids are on the iPad or video games, and they're very fluent in that. Mm-hmm. And I've just been trying to teach her not to talk to strangers. Whether yeah. whether or not they tell you they're a kid or an adult, you should not talk to people you don't know. Because they are going to ask you, they can end up asking you personal questions like, what's your name? Where do you live? Where do you go to school? What time do you get out of school? All of those things can lead to your kid getting picked up and trafficked. 
And I hate to say, I hate to be like down that rabbit hole like that, but I feel like it's that quick. It's like, so we just had a fan. Uh, I don't want to share too many details, yeah. but I feel like someone that we are friends with was asked questions by a stranger online and then decided to act on the information she was given. She told my daughter and and my daughter held it tight to her chest for a week before telling us. Um, And so we've had a really we've had a really um, delicate conversation with her this week about how talking to a stranger online can lead to bad choices and dangerous situations for a little kid. Yeah, we deal with the online stuff a lot. Um, We have a lot of parental controls, but I will say that companies like Xbox do not make it easy to have parental controls. And I think that's a really big red flag when the company makes it more difficult to put parental controls on than it is to just leave it like open, I think is a really big problem. And we've been trying to combat this ever since Christmas time, because that's when you got the Xbox. They make it so hard. It is so hard to understand. It's so hard to make sure you have closed off what you want closed off. Make sure it's, and it just seems like it's so easy for it to be reversed without a parent knowing. Yeah. Like it's just, and it, and it may not even be anything that is really being reversed. It might just be like, Oh, we forgot step 9,018. And now he's able to get messages from strangers. Nintendo does a really good job. Uh, we, we really, we really like, how the parental controls work on Nintendo. Although a lot of their games aren't really open to the internet anyway, so it's not as communicative as something like Xbox or PlayStation, that kind of stuff. So from our experience, PC games, we were able to turn off all the chat and that kind of stuff. Xbox, we're still trying to figure that all out. Um, When we think we've got it, next thing you know, like... Danny knows how to do the chat prompts. Like there's like quick chat things where he's not actually typing anything, but he's using like templates that they already have. But I mean, he's so he can't like give away any information because he can only use the pre message messages that are in there. Okay. Yeah. But the people who are chatting to him, could have full access. So they could still be sending whatever messages they want to send. And I'm like, why is this okay? Like, I thought we had all the chats blocked. Yeah. Now I have to figure out why this is still available. Now I have to check to see, try and figure out why the chat can come in because I thought we blocked all the chats. (laughs) So the online stuff is definitely... And this is where, like, gender doesn't matter because it's more 
the bullying, especially when it comes to video games and stuff. Okay. Making kids feel bad about themselves and just that kind of stuff scares me of, of somebody taking advantage of his little mind and making him feel bad about himself when he's only seven. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, but kids are mean and they're mean in, in person too. So it's kind of like, it's not anything that's different than what he sees on the playground, but at least the ones on the playground, I know I can find out who their parents are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you can, yeah. Have a conversation. Have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I can't have a conversation with some stranger on the internet. So, I mean, I would. I I, I could pull out my FBI skills if I needed to. I will hunt somebody down. Um, but yeah, so like the internet is definitely the online stuff. Uh, we've taken YouTube off. He doesn't have access to it because that is a rabbit hole that even on YouTube kids ends up putting videos that little kids should not be watching you know i get frustrated even when i'm pulling up um and maybe there's a way to turn this off that i just i haven't even looked into it but if you pull up netflix or amazon prime to watch a video if you're on the adult profile when you turn on the television and you don't skip right over to the kids you don't have control over the types of previews that are playing yeah and i know it's just a little blip but but around Halloween, every Netflix uh, little blip that was playing was a horror movie. Absolutely. With way too much content for their little brains. And then uh, that's the other thing. If they're the ones turning the TV on and it's on the adult side and they don't go to their own profile, they have access to whatever they want. And even some of um, the cover art for some of the shows we watch you don't know what you're getting for the cover art or the suggested shows yeah. for you to watch. It could be uh, too sexy. It could be too violent. You just don't really know what your kid's going to see. Now, what are you doing for safety of from people that they know? Like friends and family and neighbors and things like that. Like the neighbors that you know, two years from now where you've seen them, we're now two years down the road of you living in your house. You're much more comfortable with the neighbors and stuff like that. Like, what is your plan for teaching them to stay safe with people they know? Is that more the trusting the gut thing? It's trusting your gut. And we've also talked about like appropriate versus inappropriate touch. And I don't call my kids body parts anything other than what they are. Mm Mm-hmm. So that I think that's become very, I say that, but then people our age can also do crazy things too. I I felt like that was becoming a thing where, especially people our age and younger are starting to call the body parts by body parts, not made up names and things like that. Um, Which is sad because the reason that we all know that is because things are effed up in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do feel like that is becoming more of a normal thing of like, we talk about body parts as their actual names, not made up names. Yeah. And I try when they ask me questions, I try to give them real answers. Mm -hmm. 
I know it's not completely related, but the, you know, how are babies born and where do they come from? And I try to give them as many details as I think they can handle so that it's not, if that's something, something that's on their minds, they don't have to feel shame about body parts. Like they have a function. This is what they do. And there's nothing to be ashamed of because if you put shame on it and people pleasing together, you're going to wind up in a bad situation. I think the shame part is also a really big, like ingrained problem too, because it's when you shame it, when you make it a secret, when you make it like, that's a big thing that we're doing is like, no one should be keeping secrets. Adults do not share secrets with kids. There's no secrets. Nobody has secrets. You don't get told if you're, if you're told to keep a secret, you come and tell you, tell me because there are no secrets. Um, And you will never get in trouble for that. Right. So definitely the no secrets, definitely the, although I do like what you said about like adults won't ask you for help. Yes. If someone's asking you for help there's you know, because you're right. Like why would an adult be asking a kid to help them with anything? Because, I mean, think about how many times, yeah, can you help me find my puppy? Can you help me, can you tell me how to get to the gas station? No, I'm a kid. And yeah, I'll, (laughs) you say, sure, I'll get my dad. (laughs) (laughs) My dad knows where that is. Yeah, I think avoiding shame also opens the door for kids to talk to you more. Like, if you're not shaming them for the questions they ask, or although I will say that Danny did ask me where babies come from in the middle of a grocery store checkout time. And I was like, we can talk about that later (laughs) because I can't right now. <laughs> so, that is a like, very good question, son. And we will ask, we will answer that at the We will talk time. about that. Just <laughs> not at the grocery store while mommy's trying to check out. Like, <laughs> this is not the, not the time. Um, so uh, I'm also trying to take that stance of like very open to whatever questions they have, answering them as honestly and age appropriate as possible. Um but yeah, I, I, I like for someone who was riding her bike through the woods on trails to get to her friend's house. I am so worried for the day that Danny's like, all right, I'm going to go ride into the neighborhood behind us. Well, oh, you know what? That, that leads me to my other thing, because on one hand, I see it from a mom's perspective and I'm like, oh, crap they are going to get bigger and want to go out on their own. And that's so scary because you don't know what they're going to be up against. But we need to give them baby steps one at a time. Yeah. Because if we just shelter them until they're 18 years old and push them out into the world and say, figure it out, that's when bad starts to happen. Yeah. And I well, that's, feel that's the like crazy kid that college that you're like, holy cow, did you live under a rock your whole life? Because they're going buck wild. <laughs> you're like, calm it down. Like, 
you got your whole life ahead of you to do all this crazy stuff. Like, relax. Doesn't all have to be done in the first semester of college. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I don't, yeah, obviously I don't want to, like, shelter him to the point. But he, he lacks so much of that knowledge of um, being with others because he's alone a lot. Because he has no siblings, we're not really close to anybody, any other kids. The one kid that we were close to, like, that imploded on itself a few years ago. So it's like, he's never, he's not, he's, I don't want to say he's struggling, because I don't think he really sees it. But I feel like he's struggling in the social aspect of how to deal with social situations, because he's not really around it. Yeah. And that worries me for when he gets older that he becomes like the gullible one because he's never had like a sibling or a cousin like trick him and, and that kind of stuff. Like I grew up with my cousins with me all the time and they tortured us and you know we got to experience all the levels of society, like socialness Yes. Um, with our family. So... I feel like he is missing out on some of that. Like, he struggles on the playground. We've run into that. He doesn't really know how to defend himself because he's never really, you know, we don't pick on him. We don't, you know, mess with him. We don't, we don't prank him. We don't scare him. We don't, you know, play jokes on him and that kind of stuff. And so I feel like, in a way we're, we're making him gullible and I'm like that has to n not be the way he is when he starts to go out on his own yeah he'll pick it up we still have time for for these kids <laughs> and I'm playground trying to figure it out helpful. too I think you're right I think the playground is helpful they need to go out on their own and just bring them to the playground and say like mommy's not playing with you you have to go find a friend yeah, yeah. And they'll find somebody. Yeah, he's he's usually, although he, sometimes he finds, like, the weird kids. And I'm like, why? how did you find the one, like, 11-year-old weird kid who we did the Facebook Messenger for kids? Yeah. So, like, I had to approve him. And then I can see all the messages. But he was definitely, like, maybe on the spectrum. He was older. And I was just like... But Danny has a lot of controls on his iPad and things. So the kid would be messaging him at like 10 o'clock at night. And Danny's not going to get it because his iPad doesn't let him yeah. use it after 8. So, but I'm like, why is this kid using <laughs> Messenger at 10 o'clock at night? So I went in there and deleted that shortly yes. after they met. It was maybe like a week that I left it up and then I was like, this kid is a little much because it was like every morning there was a message. Every night there was a message. And I was like, yeah. It's too much. This is the world we live in now, though. Yeah. It's a brand new frontier. I mean, when we were kids, we used to just, you know, we'd have one line, one phone line. And you could Had dial to talk to our friends' numbers. parents. Right. You had to call. And talk to somebody's parent mm -hmm. and then they handed the phone off so you had to be quick with those that see that's why we're good at small talk and there was a cord so you could only go too f so far <laughs> yep 
we had an extra long cord. We could stretch from the kitchen to the living room. Whole, I like, did have my feet. own. I had my own phone. My mom got tired of constantly having to take the phone from me. So I got my own phone line probably when I was like 14. So I had one in my room. And yeah. my mom, you know, like the phone bills would come with how long you talk to each phone number. My mom would be like, what did you talk to your friend Emily for an hour for? <laughs> what did you talk about? Nothing, Nothing mom. I don't know. <laughs> I, we didn't talk. We just, we would watch the same TV show and just be on the phone together. But, you know, yeah, now it's, they have full, you know, they have full messaging kit as soon as they know how to read. Yeah. It, like, it opens up a whole different world. I just want to see my kids not get into, I wasn't a troublemaker, but I got into trouble. And I got into stupid situations that could have been avoided by having some street smarts and some freaking chutzpah. <laughs> You know, like, I, you need to know yourself and own yourself. Yeah, I think teaching street smarts, though, is not something that can really be taught. I think that's just something that kind of... Yeah. You either like you have, have it or you lose. don't. And you have to let them loose. Like, I wasn't allowed out. We couldn't walk down the street where I lived without my mom watching me walk from one door to the next door. We lived really close to the speed line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now as a parent, I understand why my mom didn't let us out because it's very quick to, you know, for someone to take you and hop on the speed line to Camden or Philly and never see you again. But we didn't learn because we were just stuck in our yard or in our house. Yeah, I mean, I live, I lived out in the middle of nowhere. So even though I was allowed to ride my bike through the woods... To my friend's house. I wasn't allowed up on the main road. Granted, that is a highway. So it was like, you know, semi-trucks and everything else. And people are gross. The, like, two times I ever walked to Heritage's under the age of 16 had so many catcalling and people slamming on their brakes and honking at us. And it was just, it was very clear that it was men are gross and so I think I only ever walked to Heritage's like twice because I was like this is a massive highway I mean a massive highway it's a two-lane highway but it's a highway and so you have all the trucks you have all the people going from it's the direct route from Maryland to the Jersey Shore in the summertime it was awful but I totally see why my mom would rather me ride my bike through the woods <laughs> than go up on that on that street so yeah maybe that's a good point though educating your kid about situations like that like why wasn't that a safe choice because I remember sneaking out there was a little girl who lives ne lived next door briefly and she came to my house and said let's go get some ice cream and I was in seventh or eighth grade and I was like sure let's go get some ice cream I told my mom I was going to her house. We walked to the gas station on a main road to buy ice cream from the gas station. Like, can you think of a stupider situation for a 12 or 13 year old girl? I mean, I was four, maybe five. 
and I left the apartment that we were staying in in Wildwood and walked all the way up to the boardwalk and then tried to ride rides. As a four-year-old? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I was like four or five. It was before my brother was born, so I was under the age of six. Oh, my God. And, I, and how did they find you? I think I might have been walking back because I didn't have tickets. So I couldn't go on the rides, but I walked up the boardwalk. I went into like the arcade that my parents were, you know, we would stop at. Wandered around there for a little bit, then went up to the pier and tried to get on the like bounce house toy or game, whatever uh, ride. And I tried to give them a, it was like a coupon for Newport cigarettes. I tried to give them that as my ticket and they said no. <laughs> so I think I was walking back to the apartment to get the tickets because I knew that there were tickets at the house. So that's, yeah, that's how I ended up back as I was walking back to go get tickets. I don't know how you had that sense of direction as a kid or even just the, the fact that you knew what you wanted and you went and got it and you knew how to get there and back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was... My dad worked at like pizzerias and stuff when I was younger, so he worked late and then he was, so he was home. Like I wasn't alone in kindergarten getting myself ready and out to the bus stop and all that by myself. He was technically there. He was asleep. <laughs> so I woke up to an alarm. I got myself ready for school. I made myself breakfast. I got myself down to the bus stop. I did all of that at six years old. So I think I was just, it's one of those things. I had the street smarts. I had the independence that my mom felt. Not that she definitely did not feel comfortable about me wandering the boardwalk in Wildwood at four years old. She, that was not approved. But there was multiple times when I was young that I just up and went somewhere. Uh, when I lived in Clayton, I walked the two houses down to my babysitter and I went up into her apartment and I thought I heard my mom calling my name and I said, I think I hear my mom. And she was like, no, it's not your mom. And then like 10 minutes later, there was a knock on the door and they opened the door and there was my mom and they lived like upstairs. So my mom was down at the bottom of the stairs and I was standing at the top of the steps she opened the door and I was there and she screamed at me so bad. But like, yeah, I was always, you think but I wouldn't like wander. Now. Like, what would you do if, if Danny did that? Oh, I, I, I totally know why my mom was panicking and having heart attacks about me just disappearing. Like I, I would, I would also be panicking and having a heart attack. Like, I get anxiety of like Danny walking too far away from me in a parking lot. Like I'm like, get closer to the cart, get closer to the cart, get closer to the cart. Um, whereas he's only three feet from me. He's not walking two houses down to a neighbor's house. He's not walking up to the boardwalk by himself. Like, and I don't think he would do that. I don't think he's brave enough to do that. My seven year old will barely get herself a glass of water from the fridge. Even though she's fully capable, she'll barely pour herself a bowl of cereal because she just looks at the cereal box and the bowl and she's just like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I'm like, can you just 
Well, today my I walked sister was in, making I, me noodles at nine. I think you can handle pouring yourself a glass of water. Like, I don't. yeah, I did walk into the kitchen today, and he was up on the counter making himself a peanut butter sandwich. Like, had gotten the bread down, had gotten the peanut butter down, got a uh, butter knife out. He was he was spreading the butter, the peanut butter on the bread, and I was like, "Hi, uh, can I help you?" And he was like, "No, I got it." But That's this is so all kind great. of. Yeah, this is all kind of new for him too. So we're just going with it because now he also wants to just bathe himself. So that Please. started in the last couple weeks. He wants to do it all by himself. I hear seven is the magic number for that. Something's so supposed to click. Yep, so things are clicking. But yeah, if he was to just like wander off, I would totally have a heart attack. Because I don't think he's got the street smarts. I mean, I don't think I had street smarts either. I was just brave. Yeah, I don't think we, any of us had street smarts. And and I don't even think we knew the kind of trouble that was out there. True. And and that's, that is the big thing. The kids, you don't want to scare them with what's out there. But you also kind of want to give them an idea of what's out there. It's not safe for you to go wandering up on the boardwalk at, on your own. Because there are people out there who will take advantage of you but then you also have to explain what taking advantage of you means and then you have you know these are all very complex situations complex layers because some people are just you know i'm i'm sure somebody wanted to be like why is there this little kid wandering around the boardwalk and would have wanted to you know see and there were times that people I would be standing out at the bus stop and people would stop and ask if I needed to cross the street or if I needed help. Um, because usually my mom was in the bus across the street yelling at me for not brushing my hair. <laughs> so like, you know, people were there to like uh, help. Um, so it's like teaching your kid when someone is trying to help them, like not to run away from everybody because you know if you need help you need to find somebody to get help um so yeah it's there's so many different layers and it's so complicated of like how much is too much to tell them what isn't enough you don't want to scare them i'm definitely not like someone who wants to be like terrifying my kid it's the same like when i hear women now who are like oh i just want to get my permit to carry and i'm like What's that going to do? I would be more likely to shoot myself in the foot by accident than I would to target anyone in a useful way. Or or end up hurting somebody else that I don't intend on hurting. I don't want to carry. I just want to teach my kids that when you get that feeling in your body, it doesn't matter what situation. That's That's the thing. You don't have to teach them which situation. Your gut is your gut. Whether it's inappropriate touching or a bad situation you're in a crowd and you feel like something's about to happen you feel like somebody's following you in a parking lot or your co-worker at work is giving you an inappropriate feeling like you just that can just cross every situation off by just listening internally yeah here's the hope in our kids have an internal 
meter of what is creepy and what is not, especially our daughters. Um, and hopefully they, they are smart. I mean, things are going to happen, things that we cannot con control. And that's why like the door is always open for all the questions. But man, this is, this is part of parenting that if this alone doesn't give you gray hair, <laughs> like, I don't know, all the thoughts of what could be or what couldn't be, how do we teach them? How do we keep them safe? How do we prepare them for life? Yeah. Like, and this build is the them stuff that up. keeps you up. Yeah. Build them back up when it's something inevitably happens because something's got to happen. You know, yep. broken hearts, rejection, all that, like teaching them to build their self-esteem back up, teaching them that it's okay, that they're important, making sure that their, their emotions are valid and them understanding that, you know, their emotions are valid, like all of that. Yes. So just a lot, but we will have more on these topics. We're going to try and do, get ourselves back on a schedule that works uh, because this trying to move it around and put it on different times and different days, just, it, it wasn't working. So we're going to go back getting onto a more consistent schedule and hopefully getting the three of us back together because that, that we can have this conversation with the three of us after this one comes out. But uh, we thank everybody for joining us, for jumping on, listening to us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the podcast, share it to any other friends. If you have any tips on teaching street smarts, <laughs> if, <there's, laughs> we need if those. that's even possible. If you have an only child and, you know, don't have any other like family or, or live by a neighborhood or whatever, like how did you handle the like social aspect of it? Because playgrounds are great, but you're only going to hang out at the playground for so long. Like you're not... You're not there every day for hours and hours on end. So I, I would love to hear any tips for people who have only children on how you did the, the social learning of life. Um, and then, yeah, we will be back. We've got some cool uh, episodes coming up anyway. Um, we're going to start getting into like the division of labor in our households, the different generations in the workplace. Val has a lot to, to say with that. Um, and then definitely getting into that sandwich generation. I had to explain to my OB that I was barely walking the other day because my dad decided to almost fall over. And I decided at 32 weeks pregnant to try and catch my father as he was falling over. So, you know, I was barely able to walk. So, um, right there in that sandwich generation. So we're looking for the, forward to those coming up and we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.